Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Said in the mornings and the New Zealand breakers went into the short break for the FIBA qualifying window, sitting second on the ANBL ladder behind the Sydney Kings, but they're set to return and keep their momentum rolling. It's been a terrific start to the season. Uh, but meanwhile, the Tall Blacks suffered two losses in the Middle East during that window, going down 92-75 to Jordan, 77-65 to Lebanon. Joined now by Hugh Bain, and of course, who's a regular on the show, the GM of New Zealand's NBL and uh, Tawii Basketball Leagues. Uh, he's on the line to talk about um, what has been going on uh, with this uh, effort from uh, the, the Tall Blacks to try and qualify. Uh, Hugh, good morning to you. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, what did you take away from those uh, those losses to Lebanon and Jordan. Morning, Smithy. Good to be back. Um, two big things to take away, okay, for Tall Black fans out there. One, other teams are really good. You know, this is basketball. We have obviously in New Zealand, we have quite a, we have such a strong focus on, on our, I guess, for want of a better term, Commonwealth-based sports. Um, where, you know, it is quite a narrow field of, of really good teams, of which we're one of them. Uh, basketball, man, it is so global. It's the second biggest sport in the world. Every country is good at basketball. So you rock into Lebanon, and yes, it's a team that doesn't, uh, a country, or Jordan, you know, countries that don't often come across uh, our periphery when it comes to sport. These are really good basketball countries. So that's one thing to take away from them. These teams are really good. Uh, and the secondly is, you know, the Tall Blacks, they locked in their qualification for the World Cup early in the year. So we know we're going to the World Cup next year. So Perra Cameron is using these opportunities, these windows, uh, as a chance to try and build that little bit of roster depth, you know, and there's, there's two factors to that. One is, during the Australian NBL season, it's hard to get some of our star players um, to come over to the Middle East for games because it really disrupts their Aussie NBL season. So we were without a fair chunk of, of players who will be on the plane to the World Cup next year. You know, Findelaney's over in Germany playing, Yanni Wetzel's is playing in Spain, Shea Illy uh, with Melbourne United. So some of our stars weren't there. So, um, you know, it was a ch- good chance for young players like Alex Menor, who played really well in his first two games in the black jersey, um, for Ben Gold, who's been one of the shining lights of the last couple of years. And Perro will certainly be having a, a, a sharp look at those two uh, and, and some of those other young players to see who's going to fill out the rest of that roster at the World Cup next year. Okay, so um, looking at those, uh, the margins of those results, um, which are pretty healthy, uh, losses to be fair. Um, mm. What it, what do you look at it, and, and would Pero uh, be satisfied then that he's found out what he needed to find out from those particular squads he took away? 
There was good and bad, right? So Alex Menort was a real shining light. He'd be his, his rose from absolute almost obscurity to, to stardom in the last two years. You know, he only finished at school last year. He didn't get any offers to go to college. He popped up for the Nelson Giants, played really well thanks to an injury to a more senior player. Now he's with the Breakers and getting more minutes than anyone thought he would and, and playing well in them. And now he's a tall black and played really well. So that's a real uh, win for, for Perro, the tall blacks in basketball in New Zealand over the last couple of years to see that that young man's um, getting better and better. Um, and there'll be some bad, you know, some of the senior players didn't perform. Jordan Nartai, is he coming to the end of his tall blacks career? Is he, is he looking like he might not get a spot on the plane? He's paid, you know, 60 plus times for the tall blacks now and has always been a mainstay of the squad. And um, he didn't, sh- fill, you know, fill himself with glory over in the Middle East on the court. He doesn't have a roster spot on the Australian NBL this year so maybe there's some players maybe it's moving time with the old guard for the Tall Blacks and Perro's looking at that a little bit closer so certainly that he would have been disappointed with the margin of those results Smithy you know it was neck and neck at half time in that second game mm. uh, and then you look at it on paper and it, it was a blowout in the second half that's not good enough you know this is the Tall Blacks this is international basketball you can't fall asleep for a quarter of basketball uh, and let your opponents get, get a 20 point leap on you um, the year before a World Cup so certainly some work on but at least there is a year to the World Cup and we're not looking at a World Cup in two weeks time Australia's situation was interesting because they were forced to forfeit their game against Iran because they refused to travel to a country that they deemed unsafe. We've seen this uh, every now and then with cricket with teams not going to Pakistan. What did you make of that ruling? It's a... It's a real tricky one, right? And it, it's, it's one of those ones that goes beyond the realms of sport and into government and politics as well. And all of the Australians who said, this is FIBA's fault, why did they put the game there? Well, from, from FIBA's point of view, Iran are a fee-paying basketball nation, so they get home games, you know? And their disagreements with Australia or the other way around or whatever are nothing to do with FIBA. They're just there to facilitate basketball. So one team refuses to go, that team cops a loss. So I certainly see it from a black and white FIBA point of view. Um, I'm certainly not qualified to get into the reasons why Australia don't want to go to Iran and all the geopolitical fallout from, from things like that. But from a purely basketball sense, I I fully see why Australia copped the loss. And again, they've already qualified. It won't bother them too much that, they've already, that they don't have to go to Iran. They save political face and they don't lose anything out basketball-wise. So I, I see it from both sides. Right, I've been following the breakers of course because there's a lot of, uh, while it's been in Australia there's a lot of NBL on, action on on uh, Fox in Australia as well so they would have catch up there. Nine games into the season, uh, are you surprised by where the breakers are at um, bearing in mind the last season or two? I wish I could say I wasn't, but I was, you know, I was one of the ones at the start of the season saying I can't see them making the playoffs and here they are sitting second proving, proving me wrong, pr- proving a lot of people over in Australia wrong um, they've been fantastic. They've been and they've been really fun to watch. And it's been a real return to Breakers basketball. Modi Maor, the the head coach, who's been the animated assistant for the last three years, here he is um, with his chance to be the head coach, and he's doing a fantastic job. And um, so often in in these basketball leagues around the world, it is can you hit or will you miss with your imports and your recruitment. 
uh, and the breakers have hit. You know, you look at um, Brown. You know, he's just—he's the second. Barry Brown Jr. is the second top scorer in the league. He's been an absolute revelation. Jarrell Brantley uh, as well. So we and Derek Pardon have all been fun to watch, which is key to keep people interested in the breakers. Uh, and they've been getting the job done on court with with an ably assisted group of um, Kiwis, and of course Will Dalwhite, the Australian too. So I think as we see Tom Abercrombie get back to full fitness and get out there and, pl- and play a key part, uh, they're only going to get better this breakers side. And yep, you can say the same for some of the Aussie sides as well it's not going to be easy to stay second on the ladder but I can see them doing it Okay well you covered uh, the breakers of course extensively uh, during the golden years those championship years of 2011 to 2013 Mm. how do you compare that squad with what's starting to develop here now in terms of uh, the future in in fact Kind of eerily eerily similar Um, if you think about I think back to those teams we had um, three imports that were really great fun to watch each of those years. You, you think like the likes of Gary Wilkinson, um, who was awesome and just a, a real huge character as well as a huge man and a great player. Um, Cedric Jackson, one of the great breakers of all time, was there. And then, you know, the third one would, would change every year, but it was you know, the likes of Will Hudson, etc. But fun imports to watch who invested in being part of the team, who invested in, in the New Zealand culture as well and enjoying themselves. Um, so they were really good fun to watch. And then you had a key Australian, whether it was CJ Bruton, which it was, of course, or, or Daryl Corletto, and the Breakers have that now in, in Will McDowell-White, uh, who's one of the stars of the league, and, and an Australian who's playing over here in New Zealand, which is which is awesome, and I know Rankles a few Aussies, which is even better. Um, and then a real able cast of, of high-quality New Zealanders, Isaiah Liafa, who's almost certainly going to be on the plane to Australia next year, Tom Abercrombie, Rob Lowe, seasoned Tall Blacks, um, who are now veterans of the game, the likes of Tom Abercrombie, who were just like Kurt Penny was back in the day, you know, a seasoned veteran of the game um, with that leadership as well as with that on-court play. So uh, an eerily similar roster. Um, coach is a little bit different, you know, overseas and having an Israeli coach, um, Modi Moa, very different to Andre Lamanis and, and Dean Victim as it was back then. But uh, there, there is similarities for sure. And it's just so good to have them home uh, and back on TV. And I think they're really vibing off that as well. You know, when you recruit, this is a question I've always uh, wanted to ask uh, someone with great basketball knowledge such as yourself. When you recruit, you recruit individuals. But when you recruit those individuals as a unit, how much do you have to consider how they're going to work together? Because it appears that it's recruited well in terms of combinations. Yeah, it's a huge part of it, right? You can't just go, you can't just recruit talent in any sport, as we know. You can't just recruit talent. Like, look at, we see it's all falling apart with Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo at the moment, and he is certifiably one of the top five best footballers of all time. So it's not just about talent, it's about personality, it's about how you're going to work um, in terms of as a unit on the court, but also off the court. Uh, and that's really key. And it's quite hard in basketball because, as I said, the pool for basketball players around the world is huge. Um, and just not just watching YouTube highlights isn't going to get the job done. Um, so the Breakers and all the Aussie NBL teams will have connections. They'll have scouts over in America and Europe at college basketball everywhere with the feelers out trying to find the right player with the right temperament, the right personality who's going to fit well with Tom Abercrombie, who's going to work well with Isaiah Liafa. Um, uh, and that's the key to it. And we see teams miss almost more than we see them hit. Look at Melbourne United, who rarely miss, have just had to cut an import, you know, nine games into the season and to try and recapture some form. So um, teams miss a lot, but the breakers have hit so far this season. 
Right, let's look at what's uh, coming up uh, as the, the season gets uh, back underway after that international window. And uh, this weekend, uh, the Tasmanian Jack Jump is, of course, last year's remarkable runners-up uh, on Friday night for the Breakers. How do you see that going? Yeah, they've got a tough schedule coming up, the Breakers, over the next few weeks. You know, they've got the next two weeks, they've got... Well, the next three weeks, they've got double-headers or two games in a round. Uh, and the first two of them this weekend and the next weekend, they've got the, an Aussie-New Zealand swing. So they've got to go away to Australia for a game and then come back and play a game at home. So <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a, a key part of the season. And Modi Mal will know that over the next three weeks with, with double-headers coming up. This Jack Jumper side, they've been good. They've been um, you know, winning as much as they're losing. They're, the last four games, I think they've, had, they've got a win-loss, win-loss. Um, so they're certainly there for the taking, but they really feel off their home crowd. You know, they get their antennae up and they feel off their home crowd. They've got a well-known man, of course, in Jared Weeks, who was a, a much-beloved breaker player over the last um, three or four years. So, um, But they're tough. Their imports are good. They're a solid team. They're well-coached. They're still riding the crest of the wave from last year. So it's going to be tough. But the good thing about this breaker side, I can see them beating any team. You know, they just went down to the Sydney Kings last uh, in their last game, who are, you know, wiping the floor with most teams. So they're going to be competitive, competitive in every game, and it's going to come down to the bounce of the basketball um, to see who gets the win. So i tell you what, though, on these games where you have to go to Australia and then come home and play again in the same weekend, that flight home is much better, Smithy, if you've got a W than if you've got an L, because it puts a lot of pressure on that second game. So um, they want to come home from Tassie with a win from the Silver Dome, uh, and I think they're out in West Auckland against the Adelaide 36ers, who have lost uh, lost more than they've won. So uh, that 36ers game with CJ Bruton, the Breakers legend, walking back into his old gym um, will be will be a big one. Yeah, I'm not quite sure that whether they can fly direct from uh, Tasmania to Auckland, so they might have to go up to Melbourne and come across. I, I'm pretty sure, Hugh. So that doesn't help. No, and and this has long been the you know same with the Warriors, right? And and but for the Breakers, having to go to Perth, having to go to Adelaide, and a lot of the time you're transiting through Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane, <clears throat> they're not small people these basketballers. And um, so mm. trying to find that that leg room and stay comfortable and stay hydrated and, and keep uh, keep your muscles limber is tough. So these double headers where you have to travel are super tough. What happened to Adelaide, uh, and where do you think they're at the thirty sixes? Um, and the the the, the part of uh, the messy departure of uh, Craig Randall. Yeah, again another another mess. And see, Craig Randall, we talk about picking a player on talent, super talented, a great player. And we might see him <clears throat> end up on another team in the league who just needs to bring in some more talent, someone like the Illawarra Hawks. But but just the wrong personality, and they've ended up falling out with all his teammates. The teammates go to the coaching staff and say. We don't want this guy. We don't want to play with this guy anymore. Even though he, you know, we know how good he is. Um, CJ Bruton, who's the head coach of Adelaide, knows all about having to bring the team together and, and have a good environment. He's one of the key reasons the Breakers won those championships because that's what he did as a veteran, as a player. He brought the team together and, rallied, and everyone rallied around him. So. I think it was a smart move to do for the future of this season, for the future of franchise as well. You know, we saw the Breakers made a cinema mistake with Glenn Rice Jr., NBA talent player, um, but just not a character you wanted around your team. And none of the Breakers players like playing with them. And it was, geez, one of the darkest months or so in Breakers history uh, when Glenn Rice Jr. was here a few years ago. So, um I think it's a bit of drama in the season, so for the neutral, it's a bit of fun to see that kind of fallout happen, but uh, Adelaide, I think, made a smart decision. Uh, it might cost them a, a win or two, 
Um, but I think in the long run, you're going to get much more wind off the court. Uh, interesting uh, situation with uh, Isaac Humphreys of uh, Melbourne United, of course, player publicly uh, coming out uh, saying he's uh, now openly gay um, in terms of declaring that. And uh, that's always an interesting um, issue for for people to do in sport. But maybe maybe not so much as it first used to be, but it's still it's still a headline maker. Yeah, I, and I couldn't believe when I you know when I saw the stat that he's now the the only openly gay player in top-tier basketball around the world. Um, so, I mean, it, was, it caught you in the feels, didn't it, watching that video and it, um, that, that, that mm-hmm. Melbourne United put out on social media, and it was awesome to see Shaley, um, great tall back, sitting front and centre, and, um, you know, he's, he's good friends with Isaac and, and great teammate, and I think it was awesome way that Melbourne United and Isaac <clears throat> did that. Um, and really interesting to see that his reasoning for it was because he never had a role model to look up to and go, oh, I can be myself in basketball because there wasn't anyone, you know? So now he's saying, well, if there is young players, you know, who are gay and who think, oh, can I be gay and be a professional basketball player? They can look at Isaac Humphreys now and go, yes, I can. You know, Isaac Humphreys mm-hmm. is an NBA player. He's played for the Atlanta Hawks and now he's um, back playing in his native Australia. He'll, you know, he's, he's going to go to Olympics and go to World Cups with Australia. He is a fantastic player uh, and now he's openly and proudly gay. It's going <clears> to <throat> set the stall for so many young young men and women, hopefully, in their sports to go forward and go, I can do that too. So good on him. Uh, I think it's been really well received. Everything I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive around it. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a, a nice moment. Hugh, always great to catch up with you uh, with those updates. Um, I, I imagine you're thick into planning for the next year's NBL and uh, Taui'i seasons. How's that coming along? Yeah, good. Basketball never stops. <clears throat> but uh, no, it's been really good and some exciting developments uh, to come next year as we, we look to make these leagues bigger and better. All the best, mate. Thank you very much for your time this morning. And for those uh, updates, Thanks, we'll be in touch shortly. Jess, uh, Hugh Bain in there. Uh, of course, out of uh, Sonny Nelson as well. Lucky man. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.